Rutgers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. fans, welcome to the Brewers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for not only them diehard Brewer fans, but also for them fans who enjoy cheering for a team that revolves around beer. I'm Tyler, aka T-Plush, and your host for today. I can be found on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. I am not joined with my two good buddies, Sunshine and the Vanilla Gorilla. Again today, um, it's, you know, it's the end of summer. Everybody's trying to cram things in and get those last second vacations done so you are stuck with me today rolling solo to recap this Diamondback series before we get to the actual games here if you somehow did not catch a game this weekend it was players weekend so pretty fun for the players anyway to wa- to watch and you get to see some cool bats cool cleats and players just kind of let loose a little bit per se um, but what they were not able to let loose on was the jerseys that they wore. Um, so they were monochromatic this year. So one team was in all white and the other team was in all black. And my personal opinions, the black ones, yeah, they they were pretty cool. They were pretty sharp. Uh, white on white, I, I was not digging, uh, mainly because the lettering was in white as well which made it really hard to read the players' nicknames and is read the logo on the front. And it seemed like very poor planning by the MLB. And then not to mention the uh, pitchers then for whichever teams out there wore white, and wh- white on white like the Brewers did, the pitchers had to wear a black hat. Um, I wasn't able to catch any game really on TV this weekend. I was tuned in on the radio due to my own traveling. And so I'm not sure if they clarified on on Fox Sports Wisconsin at all, but my assumption was is probably because um, if the baseball is white, so pitchers, if they can hide the ball a little bit better, I'm assuming if they had a white hat on, um, so which is why they probably had to wear black. Um, not official, that's just my own two cents on that. But, as always, there are some pretty entertaining names. I'll just touch on two of the Brewer ones, um, my personal favorites. Uh, plain and simple, Zach Davies was Bat Boy, um, which is just very funny because he could very easily pass off as the Bat Boy. <laughs> um, which, you know, it's, it's simple, but given the fact that Davies looks like a 12-year-old <laughs> and he's basically admitting it with his nickname, uh, is quite hysterical. And my other second favorite was Lorenzo Kane. His was three kids, and then the S was a money sign um, for extra flair and style. Uh, but Lorenzo Kane's kind of been using that saying most of the year, um, just about when he does anything good. He's like, hey, 
you know, I'm above 30 and I got three kids, you know, what you doing with your life <laughs> type of deal. Um, just having that little bit of swagger, but um, he has used that throughout the year. So it's cool to see him relay, relay that um, for players weekend. As for the actual game, Brewers took two out of three this weekend, uh, winning the first game six to one. And hey, it was a no hitter. Kind of. Um, we'll get to that. All the Brewers' offense was early in this game. Mustakas had uh, two RBIs, double in the first, scoring Kane and Yelich, and then Braun reached on infield single to score here in the first as well. Um, not your traditional infield sing- single. He hit it right up the center off the pitcher's foot, and second baseman took a few steps up the gap, up the middle, and then was unable to get to the ball in a reasonable amount of time. So labeled an infield single, but wasn't like your traditional one where he beat a throw out off like a little dribbler or anything. Uh, But three runs for the Brewers in the first. Eric Thames solo homer in the third, and then Kesson Hira solo homer in the fifth. And then Jordan Lyles helping his own cause as well with a single to put the Brewers up six to nothing through five innings. Um, And that was really the only offense they need because... Like I said, Jordan Lyles pitched a no-hitter, even though he only went six innings. (laughs) Um, So Devin Williams pitched the seventh, ultimately gave up that first hit. Jay Jackson pitched the eighth. Jeremy Jeffress pitched the ninth. Jeffress did end up giving up the only run of the game. But I guess the real storyline here goes back to Lyles getting pulled um, after 99 pitches in a what at the time was a six to nothing ball game. I mentioned literally just on my last podcast with the Cardinals recap on when Dakota Hudson was no hitting the Brewers and how, yeah, I understood when they took him out after six and two thirds because his pitch count was at 111 and he I believe he just walked a batter before he got taken out and I I understood that you know and the fact that more MLB teams are using combined team no-hitters now rather than letting your guy go. But come on, CC, in a 6 to nothing ball game, you haven't even thrown 100 pitches. You got to yeah, at least go out there and, you know, give him a shot to complete, you know, go, try and give him a shot to go through the 7th inning, you know. At that point, f- hitters are getting frustrated, maybe they start swinging earlier and then you get some quicker outs. Um but you know, Eve, you could argue against that as well, saying, well, you know, if he does pitch through seven, you know, then his pitch counts at, you know, 115 maybe. We'll just estimate. And what'd you really gain? Because you'd pull him anyway, not even give him a chance to no hitter. But you never know. Um, so I, I don't like it. I think he should have stayed in there longer. I would not have pulled him out. But that's why I don't get paid the big bucks like council does. Other um, kind of exciting things is bats are starting to come around. Mainly um, Lorenzo Cain. He had a three-walk game, which was pretty exciting this weekend. And really, he hasn't done a good job of walking this year. He's drawn 45 walks, uh, whereas compared to last year, he had 71. And then on base percentage-wise, his on base percentage is through 326 excuse me this year which is his lowest mark since 2013 when it was at 310 so a little discouraging there but 
he has been swinging the bat pretty well, especially as of the last week, which is encouraging because in the leadoff spot, we need him doing some stuff. <laughs> um, other guys swinging the bat pretty well. Um, Ryan Braun, his season average has creeped up to 290 already. Uh, within the last 30 days, he's batting 348, um, three homers, eight RBIs. So, uh, granted, Ryan Braun isn't playing every day like some of these other guys are, but when he is, he's making the most out of these opportunities. Mike Moustakis, really the last week, has swung a tremendous bat. He had 10 RBIs this week, three homers, uh, 375 batting average on the week. So good stuff out of him because he had been slumping a little bit after the All-Star break, and then he picked it up, really starting with the National Series, and it's continued since then. And Eric Thames, I think he's he's doing pretty good. He had two home runs this week, um, which he's a nice power hitter. And, you know, he's still striking out a lot, but he's got a good eye and tends to walk, which helps the Brewers out. And he's been pretty solid over there at first base for the Brewers this year. But in terms of who's going to be the most important, you know, impact player down the stretch, I mentioned this on my Cardinals recap um, last podcast as well. Like, obviously, Christian Yelch is most likely going to have the biggest impact. But outside of him, like, who, who are you looking for? that'll do it who's going to get hot that's kind of hasn't been consistent a whole lot this year and I think Lorenzo Cain has a great opportunity to do that we've seen Trent Grisham get a lot of playing time lately but now that Cain's swinging the bat well he's Grisham's been bumped out a few games and Cain's kind of earned his way back in so a little competition there is helping maybe maybe helping him perform better or maybe those days off got him healthy um Whatever it is, it's good to see him doing well again. In game two, Brewers win four to nothing. So throw in a uh, combined shutout with all the Brewer pitchers. Um, so you go from a Jordan Lyles no hitter, only six innings again, um, to a team shutout. Um, that's two good pitching days there in a row. Chase Anderson rebounded for the Brewers, um, going five innings. Typical Chase start. Um, but hey, it wasn't 10 earned runs like his last one. Junior Guerra pitched the sixth. Matt Elbers pitched the seventh. And then Alex Claudio and Jay Jackson finished the game off. Scoring-wise, Eric Thames has solo homer. Trent Grisham had a solo homer. And then Kesson Hira had a two-RBI single in the seventh. So 4 nothing for the Brewers. Um, but really the biggest news came before this game. The Brewers elected to DFA Ulysse Chassin, uh, their opening day starter this year, and they called up Corey Spanchenberg. So we'll start with Ulysse Chassin. I mean, <laughs> man, the opening day curse, it is real. <laughs> David Stearns denied it and kind of laughed about it, but us Brewer fans, we know it's real. Whoever your opening day starter is, is going to be trash. <laughs> So, with that being said, I'm just put my disclosure out there right now. Um, if Brandon Woodruff is our opening day starter for 2020, I'm be real pissed. Like, don't do it. It's not worth it because the curse. <laughs> um, but Chassin this year um, in 19 starts, 5.79 ERA. And it's, it's hard to DFA a guy who contributed a lot to see your success the previous season. Um, being one of our most consistent guys, pitching in 
big games, but the Brewers didn't see him pitching meaningful innings um, come September here, so they didn't have a place for him, and that's what led to their decision. Apparently it had been in the works for about a week now, and the timing was the timing came, so it's it's hard to see that happen, but um, it gives an opportunity to Corey Spanchenberg, who honestly I'm surprised it took this long into the season to get onto the 40-man roster and into the big leagues because he's been tearing it up at AAA. Um, throughout 113 games in San Antonio, he had a 309 batting average, collecting 131 hits, 14 homers, 62 RBIs, and 40 uh, 43 walks, excuse me. So if you you put a slash line in here, that's 309, 378, 498, and then 876, which is really good. I mean, you look at his seasons in uh, San, Die- San Diego, and he's well, a career 250 hitter, and nothing really spectacular, but he came in at a double on Sunday here, August 25th, so... You know, he's just having a good year, and he's confident. He can play infield. He started at shortstop one game. He can play the outfield, so he's he's pretty versatile. Um, but, again, also with that move, it meant Ben Gamble got optioned down, which I think is kind of upsetting for some Brewer fans, but you have to understand. I mean, you have to understand why. <laughs> I mean, granted, Gamble's very solid defensively. He's had, he's had some clutch hits, but you got to mix things up um, with this Brewers club. Um, and, you know, for as much as a surprise as the DFA and Spencerberg call-up were, there are, there are more to come. September call-ups is right right in our back window here, or on our front door, excuse me. That was a really backwards quote to say. Uh, it's on our front door. Um, so the Craig Council mentioned that there are, there are lots of other guys who could get called up, um, and one of the guys he mentioned was Jimmy Nelson. And my actually initial thoughts were, hey, wasn't he placed on the 60-day injured list? And didn't that pretty much rule him out for the whole season? Um, so I did some digging, and I was actually talking with uh, Milwaukee Matt on Twitter because he kind of had the same question. So dug into it, and Jimmy Nelson was originally placed on the 10-day injured list on June 26th. And then at the end of that 10-day stint, he was transferred to the 60-day IL. So to the best of my knowledge, that technically means that 60-day IL is would have been really 50 days after the transfer because he obviously hadn't played. Um, and if you were following any of his rehab stints, they were, they were not good um, at the end of July, um, allowing a lot of runs really every outing, and he wasn't pitching more than an inning. So it wasn't encouraging stuff out of him. But Brewers actually have designated him for rehab assignment starting August 13th, so a couple weeks ago already. And I think one reason that Craig Council brought his name up in the discussion was because he's been pitching really good since then. Uh, Since August 13th, he's made one, two, four starts here. Uh, August 13th, he went one inning, walked one, struck out one. August 16th, he went two innings, one walk, four strikeouts. August 19th, he went two innings, gave up a hit, one of them an earned run, and then four strikeouts. And August 22nd, he pitched three innings with five strikeouts. <laughs> so throughout those four 
outings, only giving up one run um, through eight innings. So that's that's good stuff out of Jimmy Nelson, and the strikeout totals really what I think is the most alarming thing to me. So, heck, you know, maybe that elbow inflammation problem was a real thing, and hopefully Jimmy Nelson's found his groove finally. Um, so uh, when I first heard his name being brought up again, I was like, heck, no. But his rehab, his rehabs have been going pretty good, so I'm actually not opposed to it now. Um, with the way the starting pitching unit has been lately, I I don't think there's a spot for him there. But out of the bullpen, yeah, for sure, um, it'd be worth a shot. When he was up here, it was really that fastball that I think was the most his biggest issue because it, it had dropped in velocity and command wasn't quite there. But his slider was still nasty batters were struggling with that so um, Jimmy Nelson we could see him I would not be surprised and it's definitely not out of the question moving on to game three Brewers cannot complete the sweep losing five to two on Sunday Yasmani Grandal bobblehead day um, yeah, I like bobblehead so if anyone's got an extra one to be I'd be willing to buy it <laughs> um, I went to Josh Hader bobblehead day a few weeks ago and they lost as well so Apparently the Brewers just can't have any more bobblehead days because maybe that's the new curse too. Who knows? <laughs> um, but before the game, Jeremy Jeffress sent to the injured list with a hip injury, and that got Ray Black called up. And this hip injury, you know, it's it's amazing when pitchers struggle um, how this how these injuries tend to pop up. Um, but JJ kind of said it was it was more tightness than anything and uncomfortable, and he expects to be back pitching in September here you know hip tightness that's that sounds like a good 10 days off could do you some good but I I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden at the end of these 10 days the Brewers go why don't you take another 10 days or why don't you take 60 days um, thus sending your season to let it recover Um, because he he hasn't been trustworthy this year but as for the game Zach Davies the bat boy on the mound and uh wasn't the greatest outing going four innings giving up four earned runs watching that era slowly creep up um and you know that's the problem with these command pitchers and when your command is just slightly off you tend to get rocked uh, and he had been good he was good his last outing but before he went on the aisle with back spasms before that he was just getting shelled so uh, maybe maybe he's not completely healthy, or maybe there's something mechanically going on with Zach Davies, but he, he hasn't been the same guy he was the first half of the season, um, which is unfortunate because he, he was really off to a great start, and I think he's still able to help this team out and pitch well, um, but you obviously can't have these four-inning performances. Um, offense really did not get going until late in the game. There was a Manny Pina, Pineapple, uh, if you reference his player name, <laughs> um, homering in the seventh, a solo shot, and then Ryan Braun hitting a sack fly in the eighth for their second run. The Brewers were able to get the tying run up to the plate in the ninth, in which it was Christian Yelich, and he hit a absolute laser to the second baseman to ground out to end the game. Um, but good to see some signs of life there out of him. We did get to see Josh Hader in the top of the ninth, which was his first outing since last Saturday, August 17th. So eight days off for him. 
Uh, what, what do you think Josh Hader does after being out eight days? I think he's been working on his slider a little bit. <laughs> Threw 14 pitches today. Six of them were sliders, so 42% in the grand scheme of things in one outing. And he used it a couple times to start a net off, so that's pretty good, keeping him off the fastball. He used it a couple times with two strikes as well, which is a good use of that. So I was I was very pleased with the outing Josh Hader gave today in terms of his pitch selection because I'm still on board. It, his selection of pitches is the main issue. I don't really think command has a whole lot to do with it. Um, but it was kind of questionable. They use him the day before the Cardinals come into town, um, which that kind of transitions into our preview here. But the Cardinals have won four in a row. And we're not exactly sure if Josh Hader is available for Monday night's game. I mean, he only threw 14 pitches, um, so he, he could be available again I, if the opportunity is there. Um, but then, obviously, if you use him on Monday night, the Brewers definitely, definitely should not use him three games in a row. Um, we know what that looks like. So <laughs> um, I'd say he's probably open to an, at least in one inning against the Cardinals. And, yeah, we got to take care of business against them now. Cardinals are coming in hot off the sweep of the Rockies. Brewers are going to send Gio Gonzalez, Adrian Hauser, and Jordan Lyles to the mound to uh, try and cool them down. And after that, we have the Cubs. So it's a big week uh, for the Brewers in terms of division games. Um and kind of funny enough, I was playing around on the ESPN app here, and it actually shows your team's playoff odds, and the Brewers are sitting at a whopping 19% to make the playoffs right now. Um, and then I was like, huh, I wonder what the other wildcard teams are at. The freaking New York Mets have a 32% chance of making it. Higher than the Brewers? Like, I know the Mets are found this magical genie to grant them some extra wins here the second half but come on that that's gotta irritate you like the Mets really no um so if you're into odds pay attention to that I'm kind of curious to see how much it changes on a day-to-day basis but that that kind of ticks me off a little bit that the Brewers are only given 19 percent chance um I highlighted on my last podcast what it'll take for the Brewers to get to 90 wins. Um, And I would like to propose a little challenge about that actually as well. Um, I, for those of you who do not listen to the locked on podcast network, I sent in my Twitter question to Ben Larson at locked on Brewers asking him, Hey, what do you think the chances are the Brewers go uh, take 25 out of the last 35 here to end the season? Um, we all know in 2018 we went 28 and 10 to end the year, so 25 and 10 wouldn't wouldn't be out of the question for the Brewers, especially if you're as big of a brew lever as I am. Um, but he, he kind of shot it down, which is kind of like, hmm, you know, obviously we're all Brewer fans, and that is a tough task, but you got to have the faith here a little bit. Um, so I'm proposing a challenge here to Ben Larson that if the Brewers do indeed get to 90 wins, so finish the season. 25 and 10 um, as of three games ago here. So um, 
I, I'm willing to part ways with one of my brewer uh, memorabilias that I have on Axis here, in which actually one of them's an extra Josh Hader bobblehead. So if, if Ben Larson accepts my challenge here, um, we can finalize some details here, and if he's willing to bet anything that he has, I, I think that'd be a little friendly battle um, for me to defend the fact that I think the Brewers can do it. I mean... The pitching staff, yeah, starting pitching's pretty good as of late. The bullpen, yeah, that's the shakiest part, but the offense is coming around, and we had a good weekend, so lots of division games up. I think they can do it, so there's my challenge to you, um, Mr. Larson. Um, I love your show, by the way. He does an awesome job, so if you haven't <laughs> checked that out ever, please do. Um, but I think that'll be it for me today here. I will be with you on Thursday morning to recap this Cardinals series. And be sure to follow our podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. You can also find our Packers podcast and Bucks podcast on there as well. All of our info is on our website, wiscosportstrilogy.com. And the Fresh Take also posts our podcast as well as we do some writing over there for those guys. Um, lots of good stuff happening over there for any sport that you want to follow so give all those a listen and i will talk to you guys on thursday see you and go brewers